Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 74 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening, and if it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news along with what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. And we will start with our always first segment. Hot takes. Movies. No, I'm talking about games. <laughs> <laughs> talking about news. Hot takes. <laughs> Hot takes. We need like a hot takes? we need like some audio cue or something for the hot takes. Um, I can work on that. Do we have any any hot do takes? Have, do you um, have any hot takes? Uh, I mean, is Saints Row a hot take? <laughs> I you know, depending on what you think about it, yeah, okay. I'd say so. I think I think it's fair to say it's a hot take because it seems kind of divided as far as people being okay with it or not being okay with it which to me is kind of weird because we haven't really seen anything yet other than, you know, a CGI trailer. And then we got like 10 seconds of gameplay like the next day or something like that. But as far as I'm concerned, it looks more along the lines of like the Saints Row 2 um, where, you know, it it's always been a little weird and crazy, but still somewhat grounded in reality as opposed to Saints Row 4 and all those expansions where it got, you know, you had like aliens and stuff. I wasn't really interested in that. I'm interested in a uh, more laid back approach to a GTA style game. So for me, I'm excited. I know for. um, What was it like with Saints Row? And I never really got into Saints Row. But what I do mm-hmm. remember is that like two and three were the best. Yep. So if you kind of steer this reboot into like two or three. I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to be happy with the changes they make. Yeah. And the fact that it's still like this funny sort of um, lightheartedness mm-hmm. that uh, Saints Row has compared to GTA, where, you know, yeah, GTA is one of the mo- is probably one of probably the most successful franchise we've seen in a while right now. Mm-hmm. And with Saints Row, I think and especially with it coming out like next year when when there's been such a lull between GTA four and uh, or what is it? We're, they're working on six, right? Six, yeah. Yep. Where there's been such a lull that I think that uh, now's probably the right time to reboot it and try to get something out before six comes out. Yeah. And and capitalize on that. So I think I think it's smart. And for me, I'll have to wait to see what the reviews are and everything like that because I've never I was never a day one Saints Row fan, but if it ends up being good and they seem to be focusing on like the four player kind of uh, feel to it where Mm -hmm. that's why like GTA online has been so successful where the four player online and doing missions together are the reason I think people still play this game a lot. Yeah. And if saints row can just fully dive deep into that and give people that experience while making it zany and fun in some cases, I think they are, they're going to, write out a little niche for them that I think is going to be very either is probably going to be profitable. Yeah. I think a lot of people tend to say that saints row three was the sweet spot. I personally believe saints row two is the best game. Um, Cause saints row three, you started getting the weapons started getting a little crazy. Um, but I, if they can go somewhere between two and three, I'll be ecstatic. And I, like you said, like it's the perfect time GTA has been out for how many years now? People are still playing it, but if you can come out with another open world GTA style game, I think it's going to do very, very well. Yeah. 
So with one hot take out of the way, yes. we're going to go ahead and get to the news. And if I have any hot takes, maybe I'll make a hot <laughs> take segment for next week. Okay. It's kind of like our rant segments, but we True. haven't had one of those in a while. No yeah, we're, we're due for angry. a rant, aren't we? Yeah, I guess we are. Maybe I just have to find something to rant about. <laughs> that, that might be it. Just keep playing Madden. That'll do it. Yeah. And we'll talk about Madden in the news <laughs> section as well. But first, I kind of want to start off with, I think, kind of the most like startling news I think out of all of it. And it's that the Chinese government is only allowing kids to play video games for three hours on weekends. So they're banning like playing video games, you know, Monday to Thursday and only three hours on weekends. You know, I'm I'm not one to really judge the outside world just because, you know, we live in the United States, so it is a little bit different from where everybody else, from where, you know, other places and other people are from. But they're doing this to combat, like, video game addiction uh, because apparently a lot of the kids there have been getting addicted to video games. But I don't know. Let kids be kids, you know. We, we're both grown adults to the point where, you know, we still play video games because it's a fun little escape and they're fun for us in general. Yeah. And... Kids don't have nearly much of stress as sometimes what we go through where they have even more stress, depending on their situation. I don't know. Just like kids be kids. Let them play video games. I don't <laughs> see the hurt. And like you got to have the parent like kind of moderate something. I'll admit, had my parents not stopped me from playing video games, sometimes I would have never seen the outside world. <laughs> yeah, but, I never had like my parents weren't like super strict as far as playtime. Uh, my mom would be the one who would be like, you know, you should do something else but it wasn't uncommon on you know when i was younger on a saturday to play for five six hours straight and not realize it yeah um that was just what you did uh i mean for me it was down in the basement with you know a nintendo or a sega genesis you know just playing that all day um but i can see them wanting to limit it because it can be you know there's other things you can do with your time rather than just staring at a tv all day but I would say that three hours a week is, especially for a kid, that's not very much. Um, so I, I don't either. I'm sure there's going to be ways around it. I don't know how they're going to enforce it. Um, but I just think it's something that's best left up to the parents and the parents should probably, you know, be a little bit better as far as limiting their kids. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with all that. Like, you know, it, Kids, if if you teach kids early on that you kind of have to balance between pleasure and, you know, getting your schoolwork done or going to hang out with your friends, if you can teach them that kind of thing later on in life, they're going to adapt it into their own. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the times, that's how this stuff works. You teach it young and then it becomes a habit when they're older. And with that, you know, even it, and what's kind of strange on top of it is there's a lot of talent in a lot of gamers from China and the esports world is only growing and growing more. I was watching a video today from Barstool that was saying that, you know, esports are expected to bring in $1.8 billion this year. And, you know, the the one Fortnite tournament held, I think, one or two years ago, the kid made more money than Tiger Woods did off of a, off of a win in 2019. So it's just like there's more money going into esports. You would think China realizes that they have a lot of talent in gaming. And they would want to maybe double down on that instead of being like, uh, nope, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to ax all of that. And, you know, for for a kid who wants to be good at a game, three hours on weekends isn't enough. If yeah. you want to be good at, you know, Apex or Fortnite, where a lot of money right now is going into esports, you can't 
you won't be able to do that with only three hours. So, yeah, agreed. It's, it stinks for all the kids who, you know, who love video games already and now are going to have to figure out how to ease that back, I guess. If their kids are anything like how I was when I was a kid, you'll find a way around that somehow. Uh, like I said, I don't know how they're going to enforce it, but I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get around it. Yeah, I agree. And and hopefully, you know, the kid and hopefully it's it's good for some kids to be able to game. So, yeah, it's left we'll to see what happens with all this. Uh, going with we'll go with, you know, being responsible. Um, Call of Duty is again laying the hammer down as far as bans in their anti cheat software. Um, I don't know. Did you see the video of them? Uh, of a guy who got banned that they put up. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a good sport about it. He was basically saying like, Hey, good on, you know, Activision for finally getting their getting it together and banning it. Cause he showed that all his accounts linked to Activision, even once he hadn't played Warzone on, were all banned. Um, it's a step in the right direction. If they want to get back, you know, some of the streamers have left the popularity. I don't know if it's, I would say died, but it may have dipped a little bit. You've definitely seen an uptick in Apex players because of the cheating going on in Warzone and how bad it was. Um, but, it, you know, it gives me a little bit of hope, makes me, you know, I would be willing to jump back in again once that gets fixed. I was just tired of getting frustrated by people that maybe, you know, maybe they weren't cheating. Maybe I was just really bad, but it just seemed <laughs> like, you know, far too often you're getting killed by someone that you did not seem legit. So if they can get that under control, especially with Vanguard coming out soon. I think they'll be in a good spot. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. And Vanguard, and I know you'll talk about how the mm-hmm. alpha was this weekend. It seems to be pretty mixed on yeah. everything. So I guess we'll, you know, it's going to be apparently what people are not used to at the moment. So we have to, you'll get into it. So I don't want to yeah. go into too much into it at the moment. Uh, next up, and this is probably no surprise, Blizzard announced that they're not going to be naming characters after real people in their company anymore. <laughs> Might what be a, smart. <laughs> What a what a smart move. I wonder what came about this sudden change of, you know, oh, we shouldn't name people after people in our company. Right. Uh, man, this situation just gets more and more um, crazy as, you know, now Blizzard is now being accused of destroying evidence with it. It seems to me that Blizzard knew something like this was going to happen or was aware of the activity. So. According to a lot of reports, when people were leaving, they were forced to sign documents that said they would not talk about the company after they left in bad light. Yep. And unfortunately, once you sign a document, you know, you kind of sign you kind of sign your rights to a way to do that. And it's unfortunate. But, you know, what they would end up doing is they'd have this stuff, you know, people would leave and then they'd have another lawyer group, third party, take the evidence and then do something with it from there. I don't know all the legal situations. Uh, statistics of it because I'm not a legal person but um, it just seems like the more that comes out about this stuff the more that unfortunately it seems like Blizzard might get away with it but you know at at this point we just have to hope they don't that's really all we can ever hope for at the moment so yeah and this was on the heels of them changing uh, McCree's name right in Overwatch yeah that's the reason they also announced that the they're not gonna they're not gonna any longer name their characters after real people I mean, that's a very, very small step, but it's a step in the right direction for them to hear what people were saying that, hey, you need to change this name and to go ahead and do that is a good thing. It's, it, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it should be the first of many things they change. But I was glad to hear they had done that. 
Um, but again, I think it might be a little too late for Blizzard at this point. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, on a I don't know if it is it we'll, we'll call it a happier note, I guess, if you can get one. Um, we got the first special edition console coming out and controller, which took a little bit longer than I thought. But again, I guess if you think about it, there hasn't been too many exclusives. So we are getting a Halo themed Series X and also an elite controller. Um, I don't need the console. I think the console looks pretty cool. Um, but the controller I'm definitely interested in. I already have an elite controller, but I like the color scheme. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it's a cool thing. But again, I don't think anybody's really going to be able to get a handle on it. Um, I have a friend who doesn't have a Series X yet, and he loves Halo. And he has been trying ever since they announced it to get one to no avail. So good luck to yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, a buddy of mine actually, as of right now, uh, GameStop said he secured one. So he's nice. got a confirmation email and everything like that. So good for him. And on top of that, too, it was announced that Halo Infinite is going to release December 8th. Yep. So I was wrong with it, you know, the it being on the anniversary date, but the limited edition Xbox comes out November 15th. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if the Series X came out like it was. I think it was pretty close to that day, whether yeah. it was the 15th or 18th. I'll have to so look it up because sure. it is real close. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's like a like exactly a year after it, but I did want to mention like with it that it's kind of surprising in that I, I could have swore Sony was probably going to be the first one to do a console especially with how much they did with the ps4 yeah. how successful these things were you know you had people you know every time these limited edition consoles came out whether or not it all kind of started with the two million like one and then the god of war one mm-hmm. and then the kingdom hearts one which i have uh, <laughs> and, and all of the other limited edition consoles especially like and that reminds me too the spider-man one as well yep. like they were so popular that you couldn't get your hands on them like they were harder to get so you know, Xbox coming out here, showing that stuff off and, you know, Halo Infinite, we're, we're finally going to get it. You can preload multiplayer now yep. if uh, if you're looking at it. But did you end up looking up the anniversary? November date? 10th, 2020. Ah, darn, yep. we were. Yep. It's so close. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I was a little surprised at first, but then I thought about it and, you know, I can almost guarantee there's going to be a God of War themed PS5 out there somewhere. Um, whatever Naughty Dog is working on next, that would be, you know, probably another themed PS5. So I'm sure we'll start seeing these more probably when we get into next year and we start seeing more of these exclusives. But good on them for making, uh, you know, a decent looking special edition console, I guess. I don't think it's going to be like blow anybody away with the way it looks, but it's not terrible. Yeah. And one thing I will say is like I'm. I was thinking about like the shape of the consoles and how everything works, like the starry mode space thing for the Mm -hmm. limited edition Xbox is cool. But like with Horizon Zero Dawn coming out now in February, which that's kind of the next news story I wanted to talk about here. Yeah. Is that, you know, the front plate for like that PlayStation is so large, you could put some probably amazing artwork. Yeah. On that front plate with limited editions where the where the Xbox is more like this, you know, this rectangular prism and the playstation is kind of like oh you want a show off piece here's you know a show off of aloy or something on a limited edition console i just i'm more excited to see what the playstation ones have to offer because you really can't fit a ton of art i guess on the xbox at all i have a feeling that sony did this on purpose too (laughs) sony made the plates removable and stuff so that you could some maybe someday do this 
But if you can give me a plate that I can buy and switch out with my PlayStation 5, I will probably be inclined to get one, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Yep. And then we did talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. So one, there is going to be a PS5 update uh, that's already been released, and it re- makes the game 4K 60 frames a second. I haven't finished Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Me neither. So maybe this is the... I'd have to start over again, but maybe this yep. is what gets me back to to finishing it after I play after I beat Psychonauts here. But we have that and the fact that February of next year is when Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out. And February is starting to look like a massive month uh, for games. So, you know, maybe we'll go into it like next podcast with the games coming out for 2022 at this point. But um it's not a big delay and I'm excited for horizon forbidden West to come out. And I'm, you know, with, with all of the drama about how Aloy looks, I really don't care. I'm just happy to, to see that this game has a release and that, uh, horizon zero dawn hopefully takes advantage of the PS five and hopefully like the update, uh, the update not only makes it better visually, but also like makes those load times a lot slower. Cause that'd be real nice. Like, yeah. Thumbs up for me if they do that. Yeah, those load times on the horizon were uh, not great. (laughs) Yeah, they can be bad. Yeah, especially when you're trying to fast travel somewhere from camp to camp. Exactly. Um, I have a couple games that I was pretty excited for that I want to mention from Gamescom. I don't know if you have like a section of Gamescom or not. Um, I have a couple things. Okay. So, uh, so I'll just go over what, like sure. what I noticed is there's a lot of Elden Ring footage that now has come out. Elden Ring seems to be this cross of breath of the wild with dark souls, which should look cool, but I'm holding out my judgment until this game like finally comes out. I, I love dark soul games and yes, I did like breath of the wild. I won't say I loved it, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess we just have to see what happens with, with Elden Ring. I feel like there's so much hype that uh f- like one of the few games that's like being extraordinarily hyped. Yeah. For everything that it is. And you know, this game's going to come out and it's going to make another argument about oh difficulty and how ga- and you know games being more accessible to everybody like how, you know, the Demon Souls was and everything else. So, a lot of Elden Ring uh, a lot of Elden Ring footage. And Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt Early Access is going to be coming September 7th. Those are kind of the couple things that I have. Yeah, the Elden Ring thing is kind of funny because it's like you couldn't have picked two games to compare it to that I could care less about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm just like, I mean, I think it looks cool. I'm going to for sure try it. I just don't have any real hope that I'm going to be into it. But hopefully I'm wrong because it looks very cool for sure. And Vampire, I mean... If that game ever comes out, I'll be excited to play that. But I will hold my breath again until that is physically in my hands. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so a couple that I noticed. One was uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, that kind of came out of nowhere. They didn't. I You know, the trailer that they showed doesn't really tell you what type of game it was, but it is supposed to be like an XCOM type game. Um, seems By the interesting. developers from XCOM as well. Yeah, seems interesting. Um, I'll for sure be Excited to play that. I like XCOM. Um, I like Marvel. So that seems like it should be an interesting, different type of game to play. Uh, and then also, we got a little bit more look at Dead Space. The uh, yeah. re do we call it a remake? It's not a remaster, a remake, I guess. I think it's a reboot. Yeah. Um, they did bring back 
the same voice actor, which is good. Um, they did say that he will talk because in the first one, he does not talk, said he will, but only in certain you know situations. So I don't think he's going to be talking a lot like he does in the second one. Um, and then they did show some screenshots and some early, early test footage, I guess. Um, screenshots comparing it to the old one and also having just played the old one again looks fantastic. So it just makes me that more excited to play that game. Um, that'll for sure be a day one buy for me. Are you picking up Dead Space? I think so. Yeah, okay. I, you know me in horror games, yeah. and horror movies and stuff yep. like I'm not that big into it, but I did. I played Dead Space 2. I never played 3 for whatever reason. I think it, I think it just wasn't wasn't it for me. Yeah. But I I do know a lot of people say they really liked what 1 was and I I should do my due diligence and give it that shot whether or not I'm scared or not. Yeah. Um and then are you the big one for me is I don't know if the Marvel game is a day one purchase for me or not. I can't decide. What do you think? I I'm hesitant to <laughs> yeah. be fair. You know, I know XCOM and the developers have come out that said this is like nothing like XCOM okay. uh, in a way, except for the fact that it's like this turn based type thing and there's no permadeath like there is in XCOM. You know, the, the combat itself has to be different because XCOM has always been like strategical shooting yep. in a way where most of your superheroes are not, you know, Deadshot shooters. They're more up in your face brawlers or casting magic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think it I think it has to be a very different game. I don't know if it's a day one buy for me. I I I would have to see reviews. If the game ends up being this amazing masterpiece of like turn base, I like turn based games. I would I would do it. I'd yeah. I'd buy it then. But until then, my I'm holding I'm holding like any excitement for it really. Okay. And then the last one was just the gameplay footage for uh, NBA 2K22. Um, looks good. I don't know that it looks any different from last year, honestly. Maybe, you know, some of the face models look a little bit more accurate. Um, what I noticed, what stuck out the most for me from the trailer, though, was I didn't see any Milwaukee players, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> funny coming. You know, that's the yeah. championship team and no love for them. But I get that they're going with, you know, the faces and names that people will recognize your Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Trey young, all that. But, um, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. 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 Um, again, until I am playing it, it's, you know, I don't expect a whole lot to change from year to year at this point from NBA, but it looks smooth. Um, I can't really complain at that point. It's probably, I know we've said like, I think it's the best sports game on next gen right now. So hopefully there's some more improvements there because I wasn't like blown away by the gameplay reveal. Yeah, what I th- I do think it looked better, and I'm not okay. sure if it's just because of the screen I'm watching it on, mm-hmm. but um, I do like the fact that the um, it looks it kind of looks like you're gonna see more bench reaction. Like if somebody makes a huge shot, it seems like there's gonna be a little bit of a way to taunt with like the Trey Young doing the bow mm-hmm. uh, after he made a shot or something like that, which I think adds more like personality and flavor to NBA where NBA has been more of a simulation a lot yeah. of the time, you know, nothing would be, you know, cooler. And I haven't noticed it in like this next gen version of NBA, but like if you make a, a, you know, a game game tying shot in the last second or win the game on the last second, I really don't see the bench erupt and rush the floor mm-hmm. like that, thing, which I think would be really cool too. I, 
I did notice that it looked like there were some new animations for when the players kind of fall into the out of bounds area where they showed LeBron like stepping on the commenters uh, like table, I guess, and like stopping himself before moving. Mm -hmm. And I think all that adds again to the game atmosphere. You know, the NBA pretty much does everything better than Madden. And we'll get to that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But like the the halftime stuff is outstanding better than Madden. I, I do think the game looks better and I'm not sure again if it's just the screen I'm watching it on, but like some of those Kevin Durant screenshots were like I was uh, I I was pretty close and I know the difference between real life and games. Yeah. But I was like that looks really really realistic. So mm-hmm. uh I'm just I I'm going to say after Madden came out, I am super excited for what this new NBA is going to offer and I feel like they did so much work into making this one, uh, into making like the the first next gen so good that they have such a good starting ground to continue, you know, the game rushing yeah. into the out of the banks with the next one. So yeah, I'm to say the least, I I am excited. Yeah, for, and it's not that far off. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah it's it's gonna be a lot of fun and you know it's gonna be fun to play with the best players and everything like that. I know a lot of it has been centered around Luka Doncic. And I think he's a good player. And mm-hmm. I used to like the Dallas Mavs, like not my favorite team. I'm a 76ers like you are, you know, mm-hmm. thick and thin, especially thin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm yeah, it's it's one of the games I'm most excited for, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But that those and are the then, three that I was the most excited for. So it's all you. Yeah. So I, I really don't have too many of the other games to talk about. I did want to announce that Animal Crossing now has a clothing line. <laughs> And I hate to say it, but I think it looks good. Okay. Uh, if you look at the shoes, like they're kind of like this mint white, um, like brown, like the clothing line. I, I guess if anything, I guess you could probably make Animal Crossing the least tacky when it comes to their clothing. And, you know, I don't hate it. Uh, I'm not going to buy Animal Crossing clothing because that's, I don't think, in my forte of things. <laughs> But um, I'm happy to all those people that like Animal Crossing because uh, it, as long as this clothing line does well, I think we'll see other games maybe get not so not so tacky of a clothing line. Yeah. Are you, are you looking it up right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. Um, yeah, it's not terrible, honestly. I, there's worse gaming apparel yeah. clothing out yeah, there, there for sure. <laughs> yeah, so... Good on good on Animal Crossing for having a sense of style, and mm-hmm. hopefully it ends up going as well as it does. But uh, the, like the next news story for me, as long as you're done with the Animal Crossing, oh, stuff, I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, I told you to watch it. I'm not sure if you watched it yet, but I found myself stuck watching the hour and ten minute video from Angry Joe about Madden 22 and its issues. Now this kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things because I haven't had issues with Madden 22. With, with its bugginess or anything like that but i've seen video and you've been telling me yeah that uh that you've been having issues so all of this kind of came to me as like a block of wow like i had no idea like that the game was this broken because i haven't experienced any of it it's, i feel like i'm the only one who like got a good copy <laughs> of madden or something but if if you're interested in going into a deep dive with madden and all the issues it's had over its past you know i want to say 15 years I think it's a really interesting video to watch. But right now, Madden 22 is broken mm-hmm. in a lot of ways where uh, like 
uh, where people are finishing games and then when it finishes, it has them losing or doing the wrong score, like what you've been experiencing. Yeah, twice to me. <laughs> yeah, there's yep. issues where like the football is bouncing off of like players' heads, carrying for thirty yards, and then somebody scoring. <laughs> there are there are all these weird bugs where a person was doing a kickoff and the the football went through the back of the end zone and the other team scored a touchdown. Like it's two completely different things. There are things, and this isn't even online, like online, there are issues of course with lag and everything, but people are, or people are playing franchise mode. And I saw a video where the person was playing as the Cowboys versus the Ravens and the Ravens were an invisible team. You couldn't even see them. And like all of this footage just kind of made me realize that, you know, and it, it really shouldn't be a realization because we've talked about this before, but like Madden is this multi-billion dollar game that every year they just seem to shovel out a new roster update and then they stop caring from there. Older Madden games, and I, 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 I still have the game to this day, but older Madden games used to have like Chris Berman do the halftime show with highlights around yep. other games and everything. And it just goes to show that Madden has just mailed it in for the past 15 years. And they've been reusing assets from older Maddens as well, where apparently if you go into the practice field in Madden 22, if you look at logos for Madden, like out in the distance, the water stand is Madden 21 logo. <laughs> so they haven't even bothered to change some of the stuff, which is just, absolutely like you know outstanding you know not outstanding but surprising to me because madden madden shouldn't have these issues madden i think by far is probably and not probably by far but is the most popular sports game but other than fifa because fifa has the worldwide yeah sort of attention and yes nba is better but i don't think many people like love basketball as many people love madden or football for that matter. And, you know, it, it, it just goes to show that, you know, we eventually we as fans and like, this is an issue I have with myself. I need to stop supporting Madden and with my wallet and telling them that, Hey, if you guys don't start making these changes or start accurately doing uh, like quality assurance testing on these games, that you're going to lose a lot of fans mm -hmm. doing this. And it, you know and and this isn't a cry for everybody to do it just because i know that not everybody will but you know of the only the only way they're going to listen to us the people is if you talk with your wallet and if you stop buying the game that is constantly you know just kind of pushed out the door and shoveled out because it's no it's going to sell a bunch you know eventually they're going to have to change things and realize that what they're doing isn't right so you know it's just a, a little rant or spiel <laughs> about Madden, I guess, you know, I've, yeah. I I didn't realize how long I would talk about Madden on a single stretch right there, but it it's a real eye opening video. And if you're a Madden fan, you should watch it. And if you've been playing Madden for a while, like I have, you should watch it because it goes to show where Madden just really does a roster update, changes a couple things and then goes, OK, here's the game. That kind yep. of thing. Yep. You no, know, it's 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 not fair to us who you know, expect more of this and expect more out of the developer or the team itself, because, you know, we we put our money into the game because we hope it's going to be fun, not broken like it currently is. 
and it's going to make you know Madden feel more of like we're controlling the experience or something like that, where it's just not it's not like that right now. No, yeah, it's like you said, I, it's been years of this where I'm just like, man, it's nothing changes. It's always buggy. Um, this this year has been a lot worse for me for bugs than it has been the past couple of years. Um, I've had some last year, but nothing like crazy. And like some of the bugs are, you know, you're you can be more willing to overlook. Like I had one where like I had a fumble and then like I watched like all the players kind of kick it around for like 10 seconds and it just you know what? bounced that around. That is something. Yeah, that yeah. is something that I saw as well. Yep. Um, I've had issues where anytime I try to jump and catch a pass with my receiver, they'll always drop it. I don't think I've caught one yet that I've jumped for. Um, but to me, like it's just been more of like the game's changing. You know, I won the game on, I think I won by like three points. And then when I went back to the main screen, I had said I lost six, nothing, which was weird. And then I had the other one where I won like 42 to seven. And then when I went back, it said I won like 40, 40 something to zero. So it kind of took their points away. And I, I don't know, like that's something in your code is, is not right that you didn't bother to check. So I don't know. It, it's definitely more evident to me this year that they didn't test it the way they should. I mean, they don't normally, but it almost seems like they didn't have any type of test cycle this time. And maybe they just don't have the time. Maybe they're just being pushed to just get it done and get it out there. People are going to buy it anyway. That is kind of the mindset with sports games in general, um, because sports games are always bought as soon as they come out every year. It doesn't matter. Nothing could change and people will still buy it. Um, it would take a massive, massive amount of people to not buy the game for them to notice, I think. Um, and even then, you're still going to have the parents and the grandparents buying it for their kids for Christmas, which they always do. So, yeah, I, unfortunately, I think I feel like we say this every year. I just don't think it's ever going to change. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, to be <laughs> we're, fair. We're just stuck with bad sports games. <laughs> Yeah, probably other other than NBA. I feel like NBA is all right, even though like the ultimate team stuff, I do yeah. agree, is like really predatory in a way to like get kids to like gamble and that kind of thing. And Madden is like worse to the 10th degree. Yeah, I feel like 10 times you know, worse. But regardless, that's just the state we're in with sports games right now. So. <laughs> Correct. Have to continue going on, and hopefully, one day these things will change. Whether or not we have to do something about it, or whether or not the studio hears our cries, we're gonna storm or, EA. Storm and the- I think <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would probably like that. I yeah. think a lot of people would storm EA right now. Especially. We're gonna stand outside angrily with signs. Fix Madden, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fix Madden and FIFA, and every other sports game that you own. Exactly. <laughs> But other than that, that's all the news I have. You said you were good there. I am good as well. Yep. We can get into the games. Let's get into the games, which uh, for me, it's going to be Psychonauts 2. Sweet. I got some Psychonauts 2 thoughts. I have the Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha that I played this weekend and some of that wonderful, wonderful Metopia. Uh, let's, you should go into, uh, call of duty first. Okay. I can at least talk to, uh, talk about the other two. Okay. Um, so call of duty had a alpha on the PlayStation five. I don't think it was on the PlayStation four. I could be wrong, but, um, that was for this weekend. Um, it was very specific mode and I'm sorry. Cause I totally forgot the name of the mode, but it's literally, you are a team of two and there's it's like wingman, isn't it? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, 
it's you and one other person, and then there's seven other teams. So there's eight teams total. Um, it randomly picks which other team of two you go against. It throws you into a small arena for about, I want to say it's like a minute or maybe two minutes. Um, you have a set amount of lives, uh, which I believe is 15. It might be 12. I don't remember. Um, and you just kill each other. And then at, when the time runs out, it switches you to another random team and you go again until you run out of lives and you're out or everybody else dies and you win. Um, it's an interesting concept that uh, is something new, which I appreciate. I don't know how much of it I will actually play when the game comes out. I think I would rather just stick to normal multiplayer, but I didn't mind it. It was uh, just an interesting take. I appreciate them trying to find something new to do with the multiplayer space. Um, it had a lot of Warzone elements. You collected money on the ground and you could upgrade your guns um, just by pressing the square button. And it would be like $200 and it'll upgrade and it would give you like a silencer and a sight. And you could upgrade it, I think, like eight, seven or eight times um, before it was a gold gun. Um, and then every three rounds, I believe, it'll kick you back to the main screen where you can go and purchase perks, um, you know, kill streaks, that kind of stuff. And then it would throw you back in. So it's like a mixture of, you know, small multiplayer and the Warzone elements. Um, the game itself plays like Call of Duty except you're using, you know, like the World War II era guns, a lot of single shot rifles, um, a lot of like Tommy gun style SMGs. It handled fine. Um, the PS5, obviously, you have the resistance on the controllers, which is always something you have to get used to. I didn't hate it. Um, I just didn't see anything new as far as gameplay wise, how it feels. It still feels like a Call of Duty. Felt like I was playing Warzone, honestly. So... Again, I'm there for the campaign, and I do really want a good multiplayer game again, but this wasn't the mode to kind of blow me away. I'm, I need a, a beta with the actual multiplayer to get a better picture. Yeah, Team Deathmatch or Domination. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, on, the only real complaint I heard about Vanguard was that it was a, it felt slower this time around. It's definitely slower, sure. yep. It is? Okay. Yep. You're, you um, run slower um, compared to Warzone. Yeah, just you feel heavier. And, you know, that's something that we all have to get used to, especially considering, you know, playing, you know, advanced warfare where you were jetpacking around. Yeah. Uh, jumping from wall to wall, that kind of thing. So we've definitely come away from like the futuristic battle or war zone type thing. But it just needs to the, the, I they'll probably need to increase the speed in order yeah. to get people to be like, hey, this feels more like whether it's modern warfare the remake kind of thing or whether or not it's more like a uh, cold war, which yeah, hopefully cold. Please war, no. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm ho hopefully it's not like cold wars multiplayer where like no. I, we both did not like cold no. wars multiplayer. So hopefully Vanguard's a decent amount better. Yeah. If they put time into it rather than just worrying about Warzone, which is my unfortunate fear for this series is that everybody's just going to be, Hey, Warzone, 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 Warzone. Yep and forget about really tuning or making the multiplayer good. I definitely think we've gotten to the point where they they know Warzone's where they make the money, and then this is secondary thought for them. So I don't know that yeah. we're going to get like a fantastic standalone game anymore. Yeah. So do you, we can either talk about Metopia or we can talk about Psychonauts. We can do Psychonauts. Let's do it. Okay. So Psychonauts 2, a double fine production that is 15 slash 16 years in the making. Yeah. Uh, the game was crowdfunded. 
and almost went bankrupt before uh, Xbox came in and gave them some extra funding for the game. And I want to say I'm about three hours in. I'm past the the tutorial world and I guess the first world mm-hmm. uh, that you go into. And I got to say, I really like Psychonauts. Um, I never played the original and I didn't play the VR. I have to see whether or not it's available on Steam or something to get it on like my, my Oculus Quest. Mm-hmm. But the it it is a fun game. I am surprised with like the the humor like i'm not laughing but i'm understanding it and i get it uh to where it's kind of this silly tone but it's got excellent writing so far with the characters i think they all do very a do a good job and i i like the way the game looks because everybody's so focused on realism mm-hmm. and these people just all look so weird <laughs> in a way that it looks really good because yeah. it's not focused on looking like you know kratos from like ps3 and you remember the whole thing with you know, holy crap, Kratos has never looked better. You know, that kind of thing. I just, I'm really surprisingly enjoying Psychonauts 2 more than I thought I would. And it's, it's at this rate, it's going to find a place on my top 10 list. Okay. That's, I don't know if it'll end up on my top 10 or not. Um, Double Fine always has a good, I, good way with the way their games look. They're just unique. Kind of reminds me of like a Tim Burton movie almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm enjoying what I'm playing so far. It's a good platformer. Um, I think I'm probably about the same spot you are. I finished finished. I don't know if I'll I'm assuming I'll go back, but like the school part of it um, and going into like your first besides the very first thing, your first mission. Um, And the writing is is very, very good. I was just kind of that first section in when you're back at the headquarters was kind of dragging for me a little bit. But once I got past that, I was, I'm kind of more in the groove now. Um, so far it's been very, very good. I just don't know if it's top 10 for me yet or not, but I am sure I still got a lot of game left to go to make that decision. I'm sure I'll finish it for sure. Yeah. Like a couple things that I really wish they would say at the beginning of the game is that like, I'm trying to collect as much as I can mm-hmm. first time and they really don't make it clear that you can go back into worlds you visited and get the stuff you couldn't get. Like, they don't really tell you that where yeah. like I didn't want to leave the tutorial world because I was missing a few things and I wanted to try to get them. And they don't make it clear that you can come back to these worlds without having to finish the game. Yep. So I really wish they would be I really wish they would come out and say like and I was even uh, when I was listening to another podcast, The Next Lander, you know, there should be a message when there's an item that you don't get and you're dying over and over trying to get it that the character goes, hey, you know, you can't get this one right now, Raz, uh, but we can come back later. Like, yeah. If you just say that, I think that puts a lot of people from frustratingly uh, like giving up on stuff, especially if you're trying to collect, which this game has a lot of collectibles. Yeah. So I definitely think it's something that they need to sort of look into. Like, I don't know if you can really fix it right now, but definitely something you should look into the future. And I guess really one of the other frustrating parts I'm having is like Raz has so many powers, but not enough buttons to bind them to. Yep. Like they want me to use. I, I find myself struggling because I always have like the levitation or ball yep. thing on because it helps you move faster. Um, I always have the especially in like even the first world, you always have like the the slime trail or dream entry. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the power is called exactly to flip around and kind of travel. 
So then you're looking at, okay, you have monsters that you need to use to fire and monsters that you need to use telekinesis to grab their bombs and throw it at other people. And then you have others where they want you to use the side blast to get uh, to get doors out of your way. And at that point, you can only have five ability. You know, you can only have four abilities, but I'm constantly trying to switch between five. Yep. So that's that's kind of the issue I have where, you know, when combat comes around, I am constantly stressed because I'm trying to figure out what powers I need to destroy, which uh, which monster. And when they mix combat in the puzzles occasionally it's this always like stopping the action trying to figure out which power to take out and then switching that finding out i need that power that i just took away and then going back and switching back to that power i just yeah so you know it's i think it's more of a lack of like they just Raz has so many powers that it's hard to pick which ones to stick with and which ones you're gonna like and which ones you want to upgrade on top of that too so that's like really the only complaint i've really had about the game so far. Yeah, I definitely have issues with that. There's got to be a way that you could have maybe not all the powers, but definitely more of them easily accessible. I know other games have done more than four powers that you can access at one time. And it does kind of take you out of it a little bit when you have to press the D-pad and then pick like, oh, yeah, I need this one. Let me move this one. But I want to I don't want to replace this one because I use that one. So you're just kind of like trying to figure all that out. It could be done a lot smoother. And also for me, this game um, after I was going around the headquarters trying to find everything, all the collectibles, I had the same realization I did when I played Ratchet and Clank earlier this year, where yeah, I just decided, yeah. I just decided that I'm not going to do it. Like I'm going to collect what I can, but I'm not going to spend hours looking for this stuff. Cause I want to just play the game and not get frustrated and end up not liking the game because I'm trying to spend an hour finding this last one thing that I can't find. So I've been having more fun once I kind of gave up on that. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go through and play this. If I end up being like, man, this game is so good. I want to go back and collect it all. Then I will. But at least I will not pull a horizon and burn out and never finish this game. So it's been working better for me to do that and just to kind of let it go, which is hard for me to do. I hate doing that. Yeah, well, like I run into the problem where like we're switching powers and then I want to use a power and then I find out, wait, I remapped it to a different button. <laughs> so now I'm pressing the wrong thing. Yep. And You're constantly I, relearning what button does what. Exactly. And I feel like in a way they could have they could have made it a lot quicker with like nowadays. And you bring up horizon where when you wanted to make something on the fly, you held the button, you held one of the buttons, you got to pick it, it crafted and you had it. You were ready to use it. Yep. Where I feel like it would have been smarter if you wanted to change your power, hold the power button you're not using, slow-mo time, bring up a quick wheel with all of his powers, highlight the one you want, and it goes automatically there. Yeah. Like I feel like that might have been a lot faster and wouldn't take me out of the combat as much as having to press the deep D-pad button, everything stops, and then having that moment of like, crap, I like all my current powers, but I need to use this for the current situation. Yep. So I think I think that might have been a little bit, uh, you know, smarter move. But this game, you know, I, I think is really surprising me with how well it is. Uh, Psychonauts isn't something that I grew up with or was, you know, I never played it, as I mentioned before. So I didn't expect to like it this much. But I, I love the zaniness. I love how it's not taking itself too seriously. And 
Uh, this is, uh, I, I am just glad that Double Fine is going to continue making games because we get Psychonaut 2 and it sound and it really sounds to be a real critic pleaser with everything it's doing. And if, if we ever get Double Fine to make a Brutal Legend 2, <laughs> like I will, yep. like I will just be so happy yep. to, uh, to have Double Fine making games. I really feel like with Brutal Legend, it was a game that, you know, that first section is fantastic. And then when you get to the like controlling units on a battlefield, that's when everybody was like, oh, my gosh, this is not the game that I wanted. This is terrible. <laughs> but I think it's one that everybody kind of looks back on now. It's like, actually, you know what? That game wasn't that bad. Um, but I don't know if it's something they ever bring back. Maybe I, I would also be there day one to buy another Brutal Legend with as long as Jack Black's attached. I'm in. Yeah, it would be funny. Like, I don't think they could get like all the star power with, you know, right. the the voice actors and everything like that. But if they did, it would be cool. You've got plenty of new heavy rock and classic and classical rock guys that are still alive. That, mm-hmm. you know, video games are kind of a really neat way of preserving yeah. these people where and I've I didn't even think I'd go on like something like this. But, you know, Brutal Legend has a weird way of immortalizing Lenny, the lead singer of Motorhead, yep. where he's dead now and really no and somebody who doesn't know already who he is really can't find out what the person was like, where Brutal Legend did a good job of, you know, capturing him and featuring him in a game. And I feel like video games are actually a really cool way of where McCree is a bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> um kind of take on this where brutal legend did a lot better job of of making it seem like it so that's that's kind of a cool thing i never thought of that i came to realize that was new yeah double but, fine uh, is all right and also psychonuts is on game pass so like notch another one up there for a reason to have game pass exactly i need to renew mine soon thank you for reminding me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh let's let's jump into my my favorite uh switch <laughs> rpg metopia metopia this one might could, you know, find a way to sneak onto the top 10. You never know. Um, yeah, I, on its on its surface, I don't think there's anything that spectacular with the game. It's a pretty generic RPG, but it's just the fact that you can literally put in whoever you want with this creator. And I have not messed with trying to create people, but like just downloading all the stuff that people have made is insane with how good they look. Like, it's just incredible how good people can make these things look. Um, I have characters from Final Fantasy and and uh, my the villain is, you know, Wendy from the Wendy's fast food. You know, she's the main yeah. villain. It's just it's crazy. I know you had the Cool Ranch Doritos for your villain. And it's just <laughs> yeah. what you can do with it is insane. So the idea is such a cool idea and something that you don't ever see. So. It's super original. It's enough to keep me engaged with the game. And I don't think the game plays horribly. I don't think it's anything spectacular, but it's it's definitely fine. Yeah, like I feel like Metopia is all about like the time that you make with it. Mm-hmm. If you put in your favorite characters to be in your party and, you know, make the villain somewhat funny and not try to take the game too seriously, the game literally writes itself. Yeah. There are moments when, you know, uh, your characters interact and it's just funny to see master chief interact with spider-man or you know miles morales at that point it's just it's just the funny things that you can get that you know literally no other game can do yeah and it's the the game literally writes itself with some funny stuff so i am i am that's why i like Metopia so much and people really should try this game out you're finding out for me it's it's just like a fun game to play for like a half hour 
or whatever. And like, I have a trip coming up, so I'll definitely be playing it then. Um, but yeah, it's like you can just pick it up and play a little bit and then come back to it a couple days later and still have a great time. So it's just the perfect little bite sized handheld game for me right now. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think so, too. But that's that's going to be our gaming segment as, you know, not a lot of games are coming out and I'm kind of nope. worried about next week to where, you know, <laughs> next week, you know, I we really not everything comes out until Friday, you know, yeah. or um, within the next week or two here. So, you know, I got to try to find some games to play or something like that for, for next scour game pass or something. Exactly. <laughs> And Origami 2 isn't available until the 13th, so it's just like you got to kind of figure it out at some point, I guess. Yep. But uh, we'll go into movies this week in which I had not watched anything until about two hours ago. Um, <laughs> OK, I, I watched the Netflix original The Witcher, The Nightmare of the Wolf. OK, uh, it's an an it's an animated movie. But what did you end up watching? Um, so I finished season one of Ted Lasso. Uh, I started I think I'm like two or three episodes into season two. So I'm almost caught up. And then I watched The Protégé. The Protégé. I mm-hmm. haven't heard of that one. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have. So uh, if you want to talk about Ted Lasso. Sure. Um, finished the first season a couple days ago. Um, that's a super, super strong first season. Um, doesn't yeah, end. Doesn't really end the way you expect it to. Um, but I enjoyed getting to know all the characters. Roy Kent is fantastic. Um, just all of those characters are, are well-written. Um, you end up, you know, appreciating almost all of them, at least the ones that have lines in the show. Um, Ted might be one of the most likable characters in TV show history. I think there's just no reason for you to hate him. Even when bad stuff's happening to him, he still has like that positive attitude. I mean, they do show his, you know, his side of, I guess, depression, right. And he has anxiety attacks and, Put all that in there, but uh, such a fantastically written show. I do think that for me, season two isn't hitting as hard as the first season was for me, um, but I'm still enjoying it. I know like I was reading a lot of reviews and it seems like a lot of people are not fans of season two so far. Uh, I don't hate it. I just don't think it's as good as the first season. But do you think the second season's as good or not? Um. I I think I'm only like one episode behind. I didn't watch okay. the newest one that came out on Friday, but I like season two. Like mm-hmm. season two has to do more of not with Ted, but with other characters. Right. So I've been yeah, I've I've been enjoying it and mm-hmm. I'm um I'm kind of surprised that season two is kind of getting the maybe the little bit of backlash that it has been. Yeah. But did you, you did you watch the dart scene from season one um, where Ted Lasso plays darts yes. against yeah. the former mm-hmm. owner? Yep. Like it's I'm glad you watched it because I can finally talk about it. But that scene was just so good. Like we know nothing about like Ted Lasso and his past life where you finally get to delve deep into like, you know, his father wasn't there around that much for him. And you kind of go into it going Ted Lasso. Why would he win at darts? And then he just kind of goes into this long monologue about, you know, (laughs) his history with darts and everything like that. And when he shows up that a hole of an ex owner, yep. like I was just like, that was, that was, I, I was, that was the selling point. That was it for me for, mm-hmm. for Ted Lasso, because it's not, it's not just this funny show about soccer or football. Football is life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and 
in this show, but it also just goes to show like the writing is just so clever and so good. And when you watch this show long enough, there's little tidbits as to about what maybe the next thing is going to happen. But then it kind of it, it makes it it switches around like you're supposed to guess this, but then they go this way instead. Like with season two, I just love I love Danny Rojas. I mm-hmm. love Roy Kent and I love um, Jamie Tart. And I think like they're all growing into characters. And I just love how Ted Lasso is, you know, like he's just this coach that doesn't he also wants to make everybody better in their personal lives. And when that happens, the players play well on the field or the pitch. Yep. So, um, yeah, like I, I really like season two as well. And I think I think you will, too. I think yeah. the, I think season two will kind of catch on to you. And I think you'll end up liking it more as it goes along here. Yeah. It's been it's been a fun watch. I'm I've been looking for something to watch when I finished Sweet Tooth. You know, I was I've been like scouring Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, everything, HBO. I'm like I need another good show to watch. And Ted is filling that for now until like I like to have like your comedy show and then like a drama show to watch at the same time. I just haven't found yeah. the right drama show. I did start the manifest on Netflix, but we'll see if I stick with that or not. But Ted Lasso is, is just a fantastic, well-written show. Yeah. Like one of the things that I've been trying to do or look for is uh, looking at other like TV shows. Like a part of me wants wants to watch Titans. Okay. But I also know it's not what it was like. It is not teen Titans that right. I remember like watching as a kid. So a part of me is really afraid <laughs> to watch this because it's going to upset me or something like that yeah so that's that's what it is cool but um i'll talk about witcher the witcher nightmare of the wolf it is a netflix original uh cartoon series or animated series where it actually follows vesemir and if you guys don't know who he is he is kind of the the teacher to Geralt in the in the witcher series so I didn't really add it up until the until like midway where I was like, wait, Vesemir, I know that name. And I looked it up. and I was like, oh, I remember I remember this character. So it takes place him during his younger days where, um, you know, the witchers are struggling for money and that kind of thing. And you kind of follow into how he became a witcher, um, how the world currently is with monsters and how um, he kind of, you know, Vesemir kind of grows into this kind of teacher type of person where in in his younger life, he's not so much a teacher type. Um, the animation's really good. I really did enjoy this. I do admit that um, the flashback scenes for him are really slow. It's not like the the live action one where, you know, um, Henry Cavill is slicing people up in gajillions of ways and that kind of thing. So if, if you're willing to get through the slower parts and don't mind that it's animated, I think you'll find a lot of the same enjoyment that you have with the live action Witcher series because the... The animated series here is pretty good. I I enjoy it Um, on IMDb. It's rated a 7.5 and on Metacritic, it's rolling at like a 68 right now, um, which isn't a terrible score, especially in Metacritic size for movies. So and it's an hour. It's less than an hour and a half. Like it doesn't require you to sit down for two and a half hours like Reminiscence or other movies nowadays. It's just it's kind of a quick sit down, watch it. And you're kind of like, okay, that was that was entertaining, which we need more movies of i feel like these days <laughs> yeah is it meant to be like a bridge between seasons or not no okay. so this animated series is just kind of meant to show you what vesemir was like in his okay. younger years and he is a character in the video games 
I don't believe they showed him in the live action The Witcher series with Henry Cavill just yet. Okay, interesting. I don't think I'd never finished the first season of The Witcher. Um, I don't have like a big attachment to the game, so I think I watched like two or three episodes and I was just kind of stopped. But I should probably go back and watch that because I've heard it's very good. Yeah, uh, I it was so weird. I got my parents into The Witcher and they ended up <laughs> loving it. And it's so weird for me to think like, oh, my parents like a video game franchise that's a live action series. So, Is it because maybe it's it, like relatable to like a Game of Thrones almost? Oh, it absolutely. Yeah. It abs- yeah, that's absolutely why they like it. And they like the like the medieval type stuff. Like my parents like Lord of the Rings, they okay. like Game of Thrones. So like this is right down that alleyway. Yeah. With with that kind of stuff. And I feel like with the new season of The Witcher coming out in December, um, I feel like Netflix should take better advantage of trying to put out more um, Witcher stuff, yeah. whether it's live action or animated. Like The Witcher lore has plenty of books to go into and has plenty of stuff that you can pull from. And the fact that like this is kind of the first thing they've released since The Witcher series, I kind of feel like they need to take more advantage of it. Do a better and do a better job of um, getting this out there because I think people deserve to watch it. If I'm yeah. being honest, okay, I might have to check it out. Um, so I watched the protege. Um, your reaction, as far as you haven't heard of it, is probably correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it is like a action thriller type thing. It has uh, Samuel Jackson, Michael Keaton, and Maggie Q as like the main character. Um, literally has to do with Samuel Jackson's character finds a girl in Vietnam in like the nineties and then kind of raises her as his own as a trained killer, pretty much Um, pretty standard for an action movie, I guess Um, Samuel Jackson ends up getting killed and then it's her trying to figure out who did it. Um, The action scenes are pretty cool. I don't think it's anything like super, super memorable. It's under two hours, so it's fairly short. I didn't like, I wasn't staring at my phone the whole time, so it was engaging. I just don't, it's not anything that's going to end up on a top 10 list for me, but for, you know, looking for something action related, which I was, it was fine. Um, Maggie Q's pretty good. Um, I don't think she gets enough work, honestly, and she pulls off the action scenes very, very well. Samuel Jackson's just looking old, (laughs) so he (laughs) he can play the older characters very well now, but, uh, you know, if you're looking for something action related on like a, a weekend to watch, it's not a bad choice. It's on digital right now, so you can rent it, um, which is what I did. And it's fine. Um, I don't think, like I said, I probably won't remember it in a month, but I enjoyed my hour and a half with it. So. Cool. Well, yep. I think that's going to be it for movies and stuff for us. And I think that'll mark the end of the podcast. So. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate everybody who's been stopping by listening and supporting the podcast. If you're interested in getting like in contact with us, we have a Facebook, a Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel now. Uh, I posted mm-hmm. the I posted episode 72 where we have uh, Craig Squared talk about the games of 2021 and what we're fighting over. Uh, I will post 73 once that's done rendering and other videos. Of course, I'm going to start posting on there. Uh, we got a lot of positive feedback with that and some other feedback that I need to take and make the and make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to say thanks to everybody who uh, watched that. The support for that has been really encouraging and I enjoy it uh, a lot. So with that, just make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's High Sensitivity Gaming. And did, did I forget anything, Craig? I, think I, I got don't everything. think so. I think we pretty much 
got it all tied up. All right. Well, with the with everything all tidied up and ready to go out into the trash, uh, <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time. See you <laughs> later. Thank you.